Checking connection, you are now live. We did it. Hello. Hello. It's Wednesday. It is, <laughs> I can get this, Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. That is, that's the best job you've done so far, I think. I, the only reason I know this is because I was looking at the calendar earlier. <laughs> Just have to put a calendar on the. I would say always, the, yeah. We can get um, one of those huge ones that you just like. I would say away. this is a desk, but it's a it's a dining room table. Let's be real. We're not professionals here. Not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's New Comic Book Day. It is Wednesday. We have, you know, a marginal amount of comics. I have a lot. <laughs> I got a lot. You won. You won today. I won. Which I think. I anticipated this. I think we yeah, mentioned it we last did. week. You thought you were going to get 22 things. <laughs> Close. A little bit. What, what were you at? Um, I got 12 actual comics. I read 14, including Conan, and then... I read another one that we got in. I read half of that Gwynpool. Yeah, that Thir- counts. 13 and a half. <laughs> and then I got a trade with four other issues, so... Yeah, you definitely... Got close. Okay, so so we actually are going to lead off with the same comics. I almost said you start, but... I'll start, but we got the same one. (laughs) (laughs) We got this uh, White Trees. The White Trees. The White Trees. A Black Sand Tale. This is a a two-issue, like, tiny little miniseries by Chip... Chop. Chop Jorsky. Chris Anka. I'm not going to mess up his name because I. it doesn't need to be messed up. It's easy to say. It's easy to say. I don't ever get confused by it. And Colors by Matt Wilson. Yeah. So the... The trifecta. The creators, comic creators trifecta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With all of their powers combined. The they make- CCT? <laughs> Shit. Burn this book. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's for mature readers, so that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is a really great fantasy tale. If you listen to a few weeks back, we had gotten a preview for this book, so we were very, very, very excited to get it. And I, I mean, I read it once, I've read it again, and I still absolutely love it. Just a small tale of three daddies going to find their kids. Mm-hmm. Getting into some sexy shenanigans on the way. Yeah, I. it's hard to give anything away f- with this book just because there's not a lot to it necessarily. There's a lot of story and world building, but that's just stuff you should take in yourself. But I think if you like, you know, three sexy characters, if you like fantasy books, if you like really pretty colors and really great art... If you like a little bit of, you know, queer queerness that is also in there, uh, I don't know. It's dark and dirty and delicious. <laughs> Did you eat that comic? No, I was just trying to think of another D. <laughs> I'll show you another D. A, d- <laughs> a diamond? His eyes look like diamonds. <laughs> you like diamonds, but... Anyway, um, yeah, again, this is only going to be two issues, um, and for, I feel like, 
how average size the comics are, you get a lot of story, but it's not overwhelming at all. No. Um, I, Chip is just really good at, at building characters. Yeah, you're almost immediately, like, drawn to everybody. And I don't know if it's a mixture of, like, the art and the story and, like, like I said, the colors, or if it's just that, like... You just know them, like, instantly. Yeah. It's really cool. Plus, I don't know about anyone else, but I get super excited when there's maps at the beginning. There is a map, and it is really good. It's so good. I love when I'm, like, starting a story, and I'm like, oh, cool, a map. (laughs) And as I'm, like, reading it, I'm like, okay, they reference this place. And then I get to figure out in inches how many miles away they have to travel. That's why I love maps. (laughs) That's fair. I like to travel (laughs) with my knuckle. Um, sorry, the white trees. <laughs> the white trees. Yeah, go pick it up, especially if you like fantasy stuff, especially if you like, you know. Hard-bodied men. <laughs> Daddies. Sorry. Da- Daddies. Daddies. Um, yeah, it is. But there is more more to it than just sexiness. Yeah, I just yeah. want to make that very clear. Yes. Though there is sexiness, so don't discount that either. <laughs> Always keep that there. Which also doesn't make anything bad. I. That's all. That's it. That's it. I just just <laughs> leave it with that. No. It's yes. It is a, a simple tale of three daddies trying to find their kids. That's it. <laughs> They're done with war. They're done with war. That's it. They're being drugged back in. That's let's, it. Let's do this. All right. So this is another one that we we did talk about this one, right? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. Uh, Once in future. Because we read it on the same week. Yes. Same day. Yeah, same day, same as, white, day. as the White Trees. Yes. Um, this is a Kieran Gillen joint. Is that the right word? Uh, Dan Mora Arts. <laughs> art. Dan Mora does the art who was doing Buffy before this. Yeah, the first story arc of yes. Buffy. Yes. Do you want to talk about this one? I... I suppose. It's just a story of a retired monster hunter who is an older woman from a, in a retirement community who kind of drags her young grandson into some nonsense. Oh, is it her grandson? Yeah. Okay. For some reason I was thinking, oh yeah, grand. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah, drags her grandson into this, (laughs) which is really funny because he I don't know how to explain him. He's a, a very straight lace type guy. So it definitely seems like he has a stick up his ass. That's for yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, she is badass. Escapes a retirement home to go find her supplies so that they can hunt this fucking monster. It's yeah. awesome. And it's uh, gonna be a limited series. I did see in the back, oh, but it? yeah, it's super cute. A lot of fun. It is going into, like, a fourth printing, so if you have a chance, I would say pick it up as soon as you can, because you might miss it. But it's a, a really good time. I would think, I would say if you, like, I don't know, I don't know the best way to describe it, because it's just, like, I felt like I was watching a movie. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, a television show. It reminded me a lot of um, The Mummy. <laughs> I, I can understand that, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but when I read it, I was like, you know what would be really cool is if the grandson was Brendan Fraser. <laughs> uh, you really love Brendan Fraser. I do! <laughs> I do! 
Yeah, it's uh, it's like a fantasy story kind of set in modern times. Yeah. With some artifacts. I didn't realize the scabbard was... What? The, the thing that they're looking for. That's the thing. Oh, I thought you were pointing out his gross nails. No. Yeah. 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 But it's a it's a really fun a really fun romp. Definitely gave me some giggles. Yeah, it's a I for sure would love to have a grandma like that. I'm just excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And I, I'm afraid like I'm gonna get sad. Yeah, because I, I I feel like I'm having too good of a time in this first issue, and I feel like Karen Gillen's gonna be like, mm, you know, yeah, because it really does like kind of drop you right in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about some things that were happening in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> it is really pleasing, and yeah. it's just like I read it again today, and yeah, I just was like, ah, yes, this is just really refreshing to have a fun, silly book where you're also just like. I like it mm-hmm. already. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not... No. It's got a lot of really fun elements. Like, a lot of... I feel like it has been done before, but it's being told in such a way that it feels brand new. Yeah. I could feel that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm done. You're, okay. If you're done, you can go. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is Sword Daughter. If you listen, you know how much I love Sword Daughter. This is issue number eight. Apparently, there's only going to be nine issues. So, the next one is going to be the conclusion. Um, this particular issue really, really delves into how the Christian church kind of tried to corrupt, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term. Um, Elsbeth, they, when she was left alone after her father was taken prisoner, she was taken in by the church and they kind of tormented her, uh, abused her starved her, you know, did all sorts of things Mm -hmm. to try to change, convert her essentially from being pagan to Christian. Um, She accepted their help, but in the back of her mind was always like, you know, fuck these people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in in this issue, it it does go into that from when she was younger and how it changed her as an adult. Um, She, you know, kills some priests. Um, But the main reason for doing that was because she knew it would start some sort of war because the last person from the 40 Swords, the the clan that killed her family, Mm -hmm. uh, the last person that she needed to kill had integrated himself into that group to hide. So she's trying to bring him out. um, And her dad is not very pleased with it because, and he feels responsible because he's the one who put the sword in her hand originally. But she is only doing this to avenge her family and once that's done she's done she's done yes that's all she wanted to do that's what she has been training for her entire life like when her dad was taken captive she was left with that task so that's what she's been doing um i i love this story it's it's very very good and i am so excited to see how the last one's going to end because it's not gonna be it's not gonna have a happy ending yeah one of them is going to die and i am bummed out about it but (laughs) it is it's a very well-told story there's only nine issues so it's not like a huge task to get into it (laughs) sorry i was just getting emotional i love it so much uh you have to go again it's about a group of vikings (laughs) sorry now i'm gonna get into it i also have critical role 
This is the origin stories of Grog. Um, there really isn't much to tell about this. I don't really... Sorry, I just like blanked right now, but there, there really isn't much to tell. It's I just it's just help. the the Vox Machina. They're just going through trying to find Grog because he disappeared in the middle of the night. They end up finding him. Something is off. That's pretty much it. Without like giving anything. I mean, it really doesn't give anything away anyway. But um, they find Pike, who, if you listen to Critical Role, you know who Pike is. She's one of Grog's friends. She saved or Grog saved her. You know, whatever. Um, it's cute. The art, I made Champ look at it. The art is really, really good. It is very, yes. very delicious. I Thank you. Triple D. Um, but yeah, they end up finding Grog, but Grog is not all that he seems. So, critical role. I, I'm not actually sure how many issues there's going to be. Probably four or five, I would assume. But this is only six. six. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Six issues. This is issue two, so we still got a ways four, to four go. Four to six issues. Four to six, yeah. What is what is this? What's this boy doing? Have you guys talked about the space snake yet? Derek, is that a euphemism for your dick? Space snake. And why would we ever talk about that? Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go on okay. now. I have. <laughs> I have Immortal Hulk. Uh, this is the first issue. This is the director's cut, so I don't really have a lot to say about it. Besides, this is the first time I've read this. Is that the uh, that new Immortal Hulk one? Yeah. The new- well, it, yeah. Yeah. It's just the. Oh, okay. Okay. That newer, newer series, series is what the, I yeah, meant. Yeah, the newer series that started a few weeks ago. <laughs> Phalanx, you dip. <laughs> no, we haven't I've gotten to that. It yet. We haven't gotten that far. We have not gotten to Powers of X. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, this is. I mean, if you haven't checked out Immortal Hulk, I really liked this first issue. It kind of had that horror vibe. Jesus Christ. Right, yeah, you're having a time over here. What, <laughs> I don't know what this is doing. Okay. okay. Got it. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, I would highly suggest it. It's uh, got a horror vibe to it. It was really... I really enjoyed the first issue quite a bit, and then I really loved the fact that the director's cut and it had all of the penciling and stuff in the back. It was really cool, so... Was that how the uh, Mr. Miracle director's cut was? Uh, it was a little bit different. Okay. I've just never but, really looked at any of the director's cuts of things, so. Yeah, it just had the this one specifically. I mean, it had it's also the oh cool the thought thoughts to like making it and such. And then yeah, I just really enjoyed all of the pen- all of the page pencils and stuff. Yeah, I like that one the most. Oh, oh no, just kidding yeah. that one. That's pretty pretty scary. Yeah, spooky. It is pretty spooky. Okay, that's all I have to say about the Mortal Hulk right now. Okay, so next we have. I um, will. I'll actually probably catch. Sorry, my bad. I actually probably will catch up and read the entirety of the series just because I did really like that first issue. And I when I first read it, because I did read it when it first came out, I just didn't want to grab it. I know I, I was had, reading too much, I think. I had several people tell me that I should read it, that I would enjoy it, but yeah, same thing. I had I have just too many things and it's I'll catch it sooner or later. Yeah. I'll I caught the charge. I got it. Hey Pat. Okay. So, so now we have Loki issue number two. And it's good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I had a good time. <clears throat> He's wearing a shirt that said low key. Uh, and look at these GD sunglasses. 
such tiny, tiny matrix. Tell me not that matrix is sunglasses. yeah, that is not the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen him wear, and I've seen him wear some pretty ridiculous things. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, he ba- goes to have a, a talk with Mr. Stark. Basically, wants <clears throat> to join the Avengers. Yes, um, but you know. With everything that he does, there's always ulterior motives. Um, in the first issue, you had seen that he was reading the, what was it called? The book of book his... Book of Loki? Yeah, the book of Loki. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> you find out his ending pretty much in this, which I won't spoil it. But of course, with everything that Loki does, it's he needs to do more. It's never enough for him. So... After he finds out the ending, he goes on his own weird little Loki quest like, I to just change can't, it. I can't sit on this throne and be a good guy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just becoming god of the Frost Giants is not enough for him because he loses all of his other titles, essentially, when he saved the world, and he's not okay with it. He does not like sitting still. I, You know, I think he has some issues. What? Yes. Um, but there's also, you know, Nightmare, that whole scene was very sad yeah really really bummed me out but yeah nightmare is still a thing who was also in the very first issue i don't know much about him at all but apparently he's a scary dude so this is what's going on yeah i would say if you like loki it, it would be something definitely to check out and pick up because you don't really have to have i mean you don't really have to be familiar with it at all mm-hmm you can kind of just jump in on yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel like if you just like Loki, you're, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. It's a super... Um, Fun. It's Yeah, it wasn't... It definitely wasn't, like, as lighthearted and stuff as the first issue was. Like, as I had mentioned, you can tell that something... Bad is... Yeah, it's brewing. brewing. Ooh. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we have become one mind. We are but one. Uh, powers of ten, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next. Um, I'm not going to talk much about this. Um, this is Titans. This has, it's been a thing. This is just the first time that it's been in print. It's called Burning Rage. Um, it's just a nice little Titans tale. <laughs> uh, I think there's going to be seven of these. I can't remember. And those are the reprints from the Walmart? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're a fan of Titans, you should probably check it out because it's fun, but it's just them, again, doing Titans things. Saving the world. Saving the world against, uh, there was one specific villain in this. What is his name? Amplifier. I wish I could remember what his name was because I am not seeing it anywhere. Can't hear this Queen's Corgi music at all. Um, um, he's dizzy, he's dizzy. What is his name? Guys, just read it. I can't find his name. Something about, like, decompressor or deconstruction or something. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going. Yes. Okay, so I have issue number four of Gagor, and this continues a... I had a lot of fantasy books this, this, this week. Uh, this is an, a fantasy book. It deals with a young boy who kind of grew up with uh, a group of intellectuals who were overrun, and he gets a scroll to unearth Gagor, who is just a kind of big nature beast sort of deal. And flower boy. Flower boy. 
And he's looking, and the boy is looking to find information about Gagor and things that are going on. Goes into, this is where we're into this issue. Goes into this walled off city that you, is basically just like the height of capitalism. (laughs) It's just like you have to pay for everything and pay to live and... The, that sounds accurate. Yeah, no, the young kid just comes up against all of this stuff, and he comes across, you know, the last straw is basically he comes across these two dudes dying in the street, and he's like, well, why can't you get help? And they're like, because we can't, can't afford to get help, and it's just, you know, it's heavy shit. It was very, very realistic in its way, but I like it a lot. It's, the art is really cute. The story is fairly heavy in what it's saying. You get a lot more background in this issue to this young boy's life and what's kind of put him on the path that he's on. But I love all the creatures. I love all the backgrounds and all the colors. It's just... I do love how bright it is. It's just a really, like... I don't know. I would say you could probably give this to a 12-year-old. It's like... could fit within that, that age range. Just twelve and up. Twelve and up. Okay, that's a good. That's a good range. Yeah, it's just like there is like, it's just a lot of words. It was funny in the back of this issue. He was just like, "That was a lot of words." And I was thinking that the entire issue. I was like, "You're not wrong." That's how I feel when I pick up any comic nowadays. Words? What is this? We've had this conversation. Yeah. Okay. So talk about boobies. Okay. Okay. Roundabouts. Roundabouts. (laughs) Hive minds. God damn it. Okay, so um, I have this Age of Conan, Valeria. Um, I Googled a little bit about this character because I didn't... I only honestly picked it up because I loved the last Age of Conan that I read, that Bellette story. Um, and this is another, like, origin story from the Conan universe. So I Googled a little bit about her because I had never heard of her before. And I didn't get very much information. The one thing that I did find was she was a love interest in the Conan the Barbarian movie. Um, but it did say, it mentioned some stuff in, from the actual, like, older Conan series. But I didn't get too far into it because I was like, I just need to read it. Um, so this, again, is an origin story about Valeria, who is a master of... She's she's a great sword fighter, um, and she learned how to sword fight after her parents were killed um, when she was young. She was taken in by her older brother, who has no idea how to, like, take care of kids. Um, so after he is killed, she spends pretty much her entire adult life getting better with the sword and trying to find the person who killed him. And that's... that's so it's a revenge story, Yes, too. yes, it is a revenge story. Um but I don't know. It's it goes back and forth in here, um, present time well Valeria present time and then, you know, from when she was little, it just shows like the events that shaped who she was. So okay. it's very interesting. Yeah. Um I really did like it. I think it's a very good first issue. Um the art's pretty cool. I like the flashbacks because the colors are grey, except for the blood. Yeah. Which is really cool. cool. Um but yeah, this is only gonna be five parts, I assume. Just like the other one. Mm-hmm. So, just a quick little Conan read. Oh, and then we're on more Conan. This is Co- Conan. Conan. Conan the Barbarian Exodus. This is an Assad Ribic joint. 
That's what we're calling comics from now on. They're called joints. joints. <laughs> so this book basically has no words. It's just all told with pictures. It's, no words. It's told with pictures. It's just pictures and some no, hiking I, runes. It's actually just a sad ribic, just like pictures of him just like <laughs> pointing to yeah. things that are happening. Uh, so it's it does a it's really cool. It just kind of goes through Conan traveling through lands and kind of killing animals and his getting, own little exodus. Yeah, and getting caught and. Killing so many animals, yeah. actually, now They're, that I think about it. Yeah. There's, like, a mouse at one point where you just... Yeah, it's just, like, a field mouse. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. But, yeah, you know, some Jesus stuff from Conan. <laughs> some Jesus stuff. You know, when Jesus disappeared for 30 years. He was hiding behind that rock. <laughs> Look, I don't know anything about Christian religion. It's okay. Sorry. It's really easy. I figured, I read one story in the Bible, and it just kind of freaked me out, so I just never touched the Bible again. It burns! <laughs> it was a weird story. It was like trumpets and angels and, like, hellfire. Revelations, I think, is what it's called. <laughs> uh, so you oh, can I, see I was not raised Christian. I don't... <laughs> I don't... Next. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Silver Surfer Black now. Instead of our up- upbringings with yeah, religion. Yeah, we don't want to get into that. It's a whole nother mess. Once again, our art's baller in this. The story has a pretty interesting turn at the really, really end. So this just deals with Silver Surfer and him. He just fought Null the last issue or tried to escape Null. It's hard to dis- decide which one it was, really. And then now he's just been hanging out with Ego, and something landed on Ego, and which is a giant planet that's just been building itself. And that's what he's—he's he's just trying to help Ego in this in this story and and save him. It also does a really cool flashback to uh, Norin's beginnings and his his past past life, so to speak. I don't know. Are you enjoying it? I, I still like it, and it, I, I honestly can't tell you if it's because of the story or if the art has just sold me so hard that I'm like, mm. Okay. I, I just... I still have only read that first one, and I just... It was all right. Yeah. I like the art a lot. Yeah, and that's what I really keeps me reading it, because it's just like, I love the art. It's so good to look at, and I just want to spend all of my time doing that, so... Yeah, I just, maybe that's what I'll do. Just look at it. So from now on, when I'm describing Silver Surfer Black, I'll just be telling my own stories. Okay. I think that would be fun. Sorry, Donny Cates. That's actually what we should do from now on with all of these comics. Let's screw reading them from now on. Look at the pictures. Make make up our own stories. We are talk comics to me. (laughs) And we will talk comics to you. And however we want. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do this one. Yeah. Okay. So, a map. God, I love maps. Um, I have Reaver. This is the second issue. Um, This is just about a a group of prisoners who are going into enemy territory to take out their big weapon. It is a suicide mission, and they're all aware of it, but they're doing it anyway because they really don't have a choice. 
they get like food and stuff like that, and they don't have to stay in prison. So, whatever. Seems, seems like an okay deal, I yeah. guess. Um, but they're all like, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away because Champ does want to look through it at least or read it. But in this one, um, it is a lot more fast paced than the very first issue, and the the character relationships make a lot of sense in this this one. Like, none of it seems forced. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all very easy, considering that the first issue was really kind of difficult to get through because of all the explanations and the wordings and stuff. Um, But this is... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good read, especially after that first issue. Yeah. So, I am going to keep on this one. Because it's cute. Well, one of the relationship friendships or whatever is really cute. Okay. Well... I said that was all. Hmm. Now we have Invaders. This is issue number eight. Um, and this one, what is it called? Because I laughed. Oh, it's Dead in the Water yeah, Part 2. But one of the reviews uh, referred to it as... Oh, my God. I can't remember what it is now. It was funny, though. I wish I could remember. I'm so sorry. I just ruined everything. Deadly Malfeasance. It was funny at the time. It's not funny now. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah. So this issue, I'm really glad this series has continued on. I I don't know how many issues it's going to be. I wish it lasted forever, but it's definitely seeming like it'll end up coming to a conclusion at some point. I'm thinking either 10 or 12 issues. That's that's what it seems like. It would make sense. So Namor has set off his bomb, turned people that lived above ground into people who can only live below ground, and by that I mean in the water. Water breathers. And then he's meeting up with Bucky to have a little chat about how he's fucking losing his mind. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> like, as I was reading this, I was like, dude, he's fucking, he's losing it. Like, I, f- I love Chip so much. Like, his writing has so it's just so multifaceted like this book is not like anything else that I'm reading by him and it's just so wonderful like his whole description of how Namor has kind of lost himself to this thing that Xavier put in his mind to help him which was in the form of their friend. Yeah, that he lost during World War II so it's just like there's so many levels and layers to who Namor is and why all of this is happening. And it's just, I feel really bad for him. (laughs) He's a fucking asshole, but I feel so bad. Yeah, because it kind of gets to the point where you realize, like, he's not an asshole. Like, I mean, he is by choice, but, like, a lot of it was, his choices were spurred because of things that had, like, happened to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because, like, as he's explaining this stuff to Bucky, you can see him, like, kind of come to these realizations and then make a decision for himself that, like, totally, <laughs> totally just fucks everyone over. And I love it. Uh, that's, it's just, I, I will say this time and time again, this is definitely something for the old men. This is an old man book, but it's just absolutely, it's breathtaking and it's art every time the story it doesn't leave you hanging, and I feel like it's just, it paces itself in such a way where it's, 
you're ready for what's about to happen or you want something to happen or you just you want to help the characters in whatever way. Especially, I just want to help Namor's and be like, hey, guy, it's time to settle down. This isn't you. You know that, right? <laughs> this is the crown speaking. You have a bunch of snakes on your head. Please, please, Namor, take the snakes off your head. I, you know, after reading these issues, I have really just decided that I'm just, I'm going to take after Namor and I'm going to start channeling my I I don't want inner... you to murder me. Well, I wouldn't. I mostly just want to be able to, like, do this. And, you I, know. I mean, the, make my own decisions. He's, like, murdered his friends. But, I mean, was he wrong? <laughs> yes. I'm excited for Keanu Namor. Yeah, I am excited for sexy Namor coming out of the water. It's like that Darth Vader cover. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's exactly. Just put the helmet on. Yeah. yeah that's Maybe we've di- discovered something. Darth Vader is actually Namor. Which would explain why I also relate to him. <laughs> okay, so. He also tries to kill his friends. I mean, really, who are your friends? But replaceable humans. If I die... We have this recorded. <laughs> this has been recorded. Um, and I... I'm not, I'm just, I feel safe now, but just in case. Don't call the police. I am going to put don't, this... Don't call the police. I will put this out in the open. I would never harm a hair on Champ's head. <laughs> Your face is not saying that now. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized how serious it sounded, and it made it made me laugh. All right, let's talk about our Gideon Falls theories because we're this is Gideon fucking. Falls. This is a wild story. This is about time travel <laughs> and barns. <laughs> this is dedicated to all the barns out there. This is the Shadow Man with a smile. This is for you. So this issue is not confusing at all in comparison to the, the, <laughs> the last issue. No, this one was actually very, very easy to understand, um, which was confusing in itself because I don't understand why everything else was so confusing. It does not bring any clarity to the last issue, in, in my opinion. But you are taken to where Norton is, which is in the Gideon Falls dimension where there is no city and where his sister is apparently at. Who is the cop who was in the very first one, the first story arc, which you got to know pretty good. Yeah. Clara? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, Clara. Um, So yeah, they run into each other. Um, She reveals some family history that is upsetting to Norton. Shows him some proof. The barn. The barn, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, I I don't know. I feel like there's just so many things that I have questions about. Um, and I know they're going to get answered, but I'm still just kind of confused by him to the the point where I'm like, so is, can he not remember because it's like a cross dimensional thing? Yeah. And that's, that's my, that's also part of it. Like what, how does time work in this? Is it linear? Do you split off? The whole idea that, yeah, once they showed 
the arena. Spoiler alert! Earmuffs if you don't want to hear this. Uh, so I just want to know, they showed a very intense scene where Norton falls off a tree as a child and gets a scar, which they do show in the book, and it makes gives you parallels to the priest who you follow throughout the story as well. So are they the same person? This is what I really, like... Is that how the time is working here? Is it like the same person? The from same different times? Time? Yeah. See, we just Jeff. Come on. <laughs> just give it to me straight, dog. I need to know. Jeff, give us a call. We're yeah. on first name basis now. You're Jeff. I'm Champ. That's Heather. We need our questions. Spoilers. Questions. It's great. It's. Yeah, we it's just the Queen's Corgi playlist. <laughs> yeah, but this story is still it's still really good. It still keeps you going. It's a, a nice nice little horror with that uh, time travel twist on it, which I need to know. So yeah, it just it keeps you guessing, and the art is always really great. The panels are always set up really amazingly. I know Heather and I always talk about how much we love Gideon Falls, but I don't think we'll stop. No. <laughs> Even the last issue where neither one of us understood anything that was happening. No, we still I still liked it. Yeah. It's still good. Uh, I'll never shut up about this book. Never. Never. Okay, so I'm just going to go over this one real quick um, before we get into the real big one. <laughs> I, I just, I meant like length, the story. Um, so this is Ghosted in L.A. This I just ordered the second issue because I read the first one. I was kind of curious about it. I have, like, no feelings on it. It's, it kind of makes me sad because I really wanted to have feelings about it. <laughs> but it's just about a cute little Jewish girl who follows her boyfriend to L.A. Her boyfriend breaks up with her. She's left alone. She has a horrible goth roommate um, who holds, like, witchcraft rituals at night and locks her out so she ends up finding this house that is overrun by ghosts and they allow her to stay there does she pay the ghost rent no oh that sounds like a sick yeah how do i find this right i need this set up but like all of these ghosts have like problems like this guy that's on the cover he's young like probably around her age and stuff and his one thing is like he loves collecting music but since he's a ghost he can't like grab anything so he has like another human from like the outside world like bring him records and stuff every now and then it's just it's weird again I really have no real feelings on it I think that the girl in it is a dummy the choices that she makes is they're dumb and I don't understand why someone would make like some some guy at school like sees her, walks up to her, and, like, pulls this, like, macho line, like, pickup line, and she's like, no, get away from me. And then she sees her ex-boyfriend with a friend and is like, you know what? Let's go on a date. They go on this weird date. He gets, like, wasted and is, like, being a weird man about it, and she tries to get away and then is like, you know what? No, why don't you come back to my house? Like, no. Stupid. But, yeah, that, I guess that's my feelings on it. It's stupid. Damn, dude. Sorry, I just got really... I didn't know I had all those feelings locked yeah, up inside of me. Yeah, you just, like, exploded and sounded like a 50-year-old man. She's a real dummy. She is. She is so dumb. <laughs> all right, lastly. Oh, my God. Powers. We have powers of 10. This is 10. 
This is issue number two. Uh, yeah. I, I'm getting all flip-flopped on these issues, so please bear with me. And I keep calling it Powers of X, and I don't know why. You I know, know. I'm going to call it House of Ten. <laughs> we'll do what we want. Nobody can stop us. Come, come at me, Jonathan. <laughs> Jay Hicks. Jonathan. Jonathan! So this uh, Powers of Ten kind of breaks down these X-books into time frames within the House of X, Powers of Ten universe. So it's, it's, it can be a little, I don't think confusing is necessarily the right word. Maybe convoluted? Yeah, uh, yes. I am not very smart. I am just really good at pretending to be. So when I think about this book, I don't know what to think. <laughs> and I don't know what to say. Like, I've read it, and for the most part, I kind of understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it, like, skips the years, I have a hard time, like, following um, those timelines because they're, what is that word? Lenticular? Linear? Yes. See, I'm not smart. Uh, they are linear with the storyline, or those those timelines from the first Powers of Ten. And yeah. it still, like, works with this, but, like, I'm, I have a hard time remembering, like, because there's so many timelines that we're following, like, yeah. it's, it's difficult well, for me to keep going. And there is, like, a, a, a time jump between the first, I think it's X-Zero. Mm-hmm. With Magneto, with Magneto, yeah. and what X zero from what you saw in the yeah. f- in the first Powers of Ten, right? So this is still Year One X zero, but this is down the line from the first book. That is the most dramatic Magneto uh, yeah. shot I have ever seen. But there is some great art, like those. Great art, those Xavier eyebrows, that Magneto cape. It's good. It's so good. Yeah, I really do really, really love the art. And I actually... <clears throat> sorry. Um, I do like the story, too. It's just, again, I have a hard time, like... Oh, no, I, I didn't... Trying to figure out, like, what is actually happening in each timeline. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> I think having the Xavier with the X helmet does help you at least gather that it's X-Men year 10, 10. and that I think X-Men, X-Men year 10 is kind of when things start hitting that like peak of like shit's about to go wrong I feel like and then once you're in what year 100 is when all of the like robots are have basically taken over and there's only like what six mutants or something okay I have one major question <laughs> I probably won't be able to answer I get the it. helmet, but why the wetsuit? <laughs> is that what keeps him standing? Because I thought he was paralyzed. Is that some sort of, like, cyber optic, like, wetsuit that just keeps him up? Because that's why he's always doing, like, these weird poses, right? Because he can't actually stand. Paid. That's just I my theory on it. I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need to know. <laughs> Jonathan! <laughs> So yeah, this this book is is really good. It's really interesting. I think if you are interested in an X-Men book, this is one to check out. Oh yes, if you want something with a lot of substance. Yeah, it, and this it, this oh. book has a lot of stuff, a, a lot. lot of information and 
it can be confusing, but I can I would say use the internet for any of your your questions because it does it does help. I've I've gone down several Reddit threads that have helped teach me information about these these little aspects in the back and I, I always forget about Reddit. It's a good source. Yeah, at least for like cuz you get a lot of different inputs from a lot of different people and you can kind of just smash whatever information you get together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think if you have any questions within this, that's something to do just to get that get that information you need. There's some deep X-Men cuts in here at some points, so Yes. I, I am not familiar enough with X-Men to know. I mean, I'm still just waiting on my favorite characters that were completely canceled and because of this series, and they're not even in it. Like, one of them is, but it's not even like him. It's like future him, and he's not even the same. So I don't know. He's got, like, the same hands and tails, but... I'm excited to see what's happening. Are you? I know it didn't sound like I was, but I'm actually really enjoying this, and I'm I'm excited to see how the story, you know, plays out with both parts and how it leads into. Yeah, I am excited to see how it leads into X Men, and I'm really excited to see just like how all of these futures play out and how that also ties into X Men if it does. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if. Like those, if it's going to tie into that Marauders and the Excalibur series that are going to be coming out. I would I would assume so in some way. Well, if that's the case, then they need to bring Gambit and Rogan because... We, this is issue four. We still have eight more issues. I know, I know. Eight. Eight, 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 more, eight, more. eight more issues of crazy substance. Mm, just tons of X-Men information. <laughs> There's so much X-Men information. I don't even know why I continued adding X-Men things, because after this, I'm just going to be bloated with X-Men feelings, and I don't need it. Uh, I, okay, so that's that's Powers of Ten. Check it out if you like X-Men. Yes, uh, and next week is going to be Powers of Ten number three, and then the next two weeks are the next two houses. It's weird. I don't... I, obviously, there's a reason it's done that way. We'll see. Jonathan... <laughs> Um, and then I just have one last thing, which I'm not really. We gonna... we love our comic creators here. I just want to like definitely say that since we sound like fucking assholes right now. That's why I'm doing first name basis. I feel like if we didn't, we would be saying Jonathan Hickman, and with that Mr. tone too, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hickman. No, we really like them. Um, we're just assholes. Um, we're really not. Just anyway. Um, so I just have this trade heathen. This is the the volume one. This has been out for quite a while, uh, and I've only read the first chapter of it. It's just basically... <laughs> I need to school this loser. Um, it's just about a, a woman, Viking, a warrior, who is exiled from her clan for being gay. Um, literally. She's a lesbian. Um, I just wanted to like say that. <laughs> I felt like I had to explain it, because it sounded like I was saying, oh, she's gay. Like, no... She's gay. She actually is gay. Um, but yeah, she gets exiled from her, her clan, so she's going on a mission to free the Valkyrie Brunhild, and that's as far as I've gotten. I don't know like how the rest of the story is going to be built, but I really, really like this so far. Um, but yeah, she's, you know, 
Oh, it says uh, she's on a mission to end the oppressive reign of the god king Odin. Sick. All right. Sick. I'm so excited. I only read the first chapter and immediately ordered the second trade, so if that gives you any idea <laughs> how much I enjoyed it. That's good stuff right yeah. there, then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. That's Wednesday. That's, that's all we got. So books for you to pick up. The White Trees, for sure. Once in Future, for sure. Sword Daughter. I Loki. Titan. Uh, Invaders. Gideon Falls. Powers of Ten. <laughs> There's a lot of good books out this week, so go to your local comic book shop, support them, give them your money. Give them smiles and jokes. And go pick up some books. Yeah. You have a good time. All right. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>